you're a student, you're dismissed. We're going to have to use this laptop um, deal today. No power means no printing. Yeah, our printer doesn't work without electricity, and so anyway, sorry about that. And I'm not trying I to impress you with my technology skills, though. Trust me. I also realized that I think my mic was on for a bit of that singing, so I apologize. <laughs> so if you heard something terrible, it was not these guys. <laughs> okay, we'll see how this works. All right. Um, before I forget it, we're not. I'm not sure that the Lord's not telling us, Tommy, that we're not supposed to do small groups because uh, third time in, in a row we're going to have to cancel. Um, the small group meeting tonight at Kim and Jerry's because they don't have electricity. And so um, you can pray for them to have electricity because Jerry said Kim needs a bath. And so that would, that would be good. Uh, we don't have electricity either. Um, and, anyway. Larry, and Larry needs a bath. I so. do. I do. I need a bath. I do. Prayers all around. <laughs> can you see that all right, friend? Yes, I can see okay. it. All right. Uh, let me pray for us. Lord, we are thankful that at the end of the day, you have provided the way into the Holy of Holies as we just sang about through the precious blood of the Lamb. He tore that curtain half in two and invites us into the presence of the Father. And we bless you for that. But you also care about the journey we're on right now. You care about our needs every day. And you have promised to help us with our needs. Our struggles, our problems, our battles, our failures, our hopes, our dreams, our desires. You care about those things every day just like you care about where we'll spend eternity. I pray that your word would go forth today and would give us help in our struggles with anxiety. Please, Father, make this practical, understandable, helpful, encouraging, and useful. And I sure would be grateful if you would do that and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you read the Bible at all, then you have come to the realization that the Bible regularly challenges us not to be anxious. That doesn't surprise anybody in this room that reads the Bible at all. It says it regularly. Now the word, just so you know, the Hebrew word and the Greek word for anxious is the exact same word in both, in Hebrew and in Greek, for fear, don't fear, don't be anxious, exactly the same. Uh, for it's fret, don't fret. In some of your translations it'll say, do not fret, don't fear, don't be anxious. Same exact word. Um, Fear, be fearful, fret, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. 
exact same word in Hebrew and in Greek. So if I read some of these verses and I insert anxious, where your Bible says fear or dismayed, discouraged, worried, same word, same exact word, so don't get nervous, okay? Um, let me just, I want, Shirley, you want to help me with some of these verses? We're going to just read to you just a sampling of what the Bible says about us coming to a place where we do not let anxiety rule in our lives. Okay, so you want to read the first one? So in, Deut yes, in Deuteronomy 31, it says, Be strong and courageous. Don't let your enemies make you anxious. For the Lord your God goes with you and won't leave. You. Won't leave you. Forsake you. The Lord himself goes before you, with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. So don't be anxious. It's very repetitive, isn't it? It mentions it. In fact, in Deuteronomy 31, it says it many more times than that. Yeah, yeah. Don't be anxious. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't fret, okay? And then my favorite, those of you that come here semi-regularly, you know my favorite chapter in the Bible, Psalm 37. And in Psalm 37, David says, don't be anxious. Or actually, God is talking to David. And God says to David, don't be anxious about evil people or their evil ways. Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and you will enjoy God's safety and his abundance. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Especially don't be afraid or anxious about evil people or their evil deeds. I find that very significant. You want to read Isaiah 41? Um, Isaiah 41 says, don't be anxious. For I am with you. For I, it's, it's written in Larry's little, <laughs> little um, handwriting. And so it's, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you. With, with my righteous right hand. I didn't right, add right. that, but that's, that's how it ends. I love that. The, your, God's right hand is the hand of, uh, thank you, the right hand of strength. He doesn't just hold us. He holds us with his strong arm, his strong hand. Um, then probably my most favorite chapter in the New Testament, or at least one of the top three or four for me, is Luke 12. And I'll read this one. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, and that includes me and you, he says, don't be anxious about your food or your clothes, for life is more than these. Consider the birds. They don't sow or reap or save, yet God feeds them. And God values you, Larry Ray, you, Bobby Wampler, you, Beck Newton. God values you more than birds. Can you through anxiety, add one hour to your life? Rhetorical question. The answer is obviously no. You can't add an hour to your life through being anxious and worried and stressed. Consider the flowers. They don't labor or spin. Yet King Solomon in all his splendor wasn't so beautiful. If that's how God clothes wild flowers, which are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Don't be anxious about your food and your clothes. 
For that's what pagans do. And your Father knows your needs. So seek God's kingdom and He will give you the rest. Don't be anxious, little flock. For your Father delights to give you His kingdom. So use your wealth to help the poor. I'm going to read John 14 and go on and read 1 Peter 5 too. John 14. Uh, don't let your heart be anxious. It's over and over like speaking to a little child. Mm-hmm. Right? Say the same thing over and over. 1 Peter 5. Cast all your anxiety on Jesus. For he cares for you. And then finally, Paul says in Philippians 4. Don't be anxious about anything. But in all circumstances, by prayer and request and thanksgiving, present your needs to God, and God's peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And focus your mind on what's true and noble and righteous and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And practice what I have taught you, and the God of peace will be with you. That's and yet with all that, we're just as anxious as societies we've ever been. Maybe more so. Maybe more so. Since we know more, that gives us more reasons to be anxious. I heard somebody, uh, I read something the other day, I didn't hear, I read something the other day that said that you and I receive more information mm-hmm. every day than people during the time of Jesus received in their lifetime. We receive more information in a day than the people of Jesus' day received in a lifetime. Hence, the more we hear, the more we are told, the more we learn, the more we know, the more we can be anxious about. I don't know if you were following along there, but Moses, David, Isaiah, Jesus, Peter, and Paul all tell us we should not let anxiety rule our lives. And yet, just so you know, you ought to know your pastor. It's one of the reasons I struggle with getting your spiritual nourishment from people you don't know. That all you know is their headlines and their press releases and what's on the back of their books. You ought to know your, the people that you entrust your souls to. That's the Bible way. That's the right way. That's the wise way. That's the godly way. Um, I struggle with anxiety. I love and respect and trust Moses and David and Isaiah and Jesus and Peter and Paul. And they all tell me that I should not be anxious. And yet, I do battle with anxiety a lot. I am anxious regularly about my future. I am anxious a lot about my girls and my grandson. I'm anxious about running out of money. I'm anxious about going through a long, painful illness. I struggle with anxiety about finishing well. 
I live in a world where people that I admire and have studied and, you know, given great respect and honor to who, who haven't finished well. And I, I stay anxious about that. I, um, I stay anxious about you. I worry about you all the time. I get up worrying about you, about being anxious about you. I go to bed being anxious about you. I do struggle with anxiety um, a lot. Shirley would know that better than anybody. Um, but what I've discovered as I've studied these scriptures is that the Bible assumes that anxiety is a part of, is going to be a part of our lives. It is a it's a part of life. It we are going to be anxious at times. Things make us anxious that are out of our control. Things make us anxious that we interpret as danger. Uh, we, we, we're going to battle with anxiety. All of us are. It is very helpful to me, more than you might realize, to know that, and I only found six. Uh, I bet there's more, but I found six. Six different times the Apostle Paul says that he battled with anxiety. Literally that very word. He battled with anxiety. So, whew, whoo, that makes me feel better. Now, I'm not so anxious knowing that Paul was also anxious. That, that really helps me. Um, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and Galatians 4, almost the same thing twice. He says, I was anxious with my, the battles of life to the point of wanting to die. That's severe anxiety. I, I've, I've been battling with the struggles and problems of life to the point that I just want to die. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 11 and Philippians chapter 2, he says again almost the same exact thing. I am anxious daily over the churches that I'm responsible for. Boy, I can identify with that. And then in 2 Corinthians 11 and 1 Thessalonians 3, almost exactly the same phrase again. Paul says, um, he is anxious that the hearts of his friends will be led away by the devil. Boy, I can identify with that. I live in anxiety that the devil will not lead your hearts away. I live in anxiety that, that our church will be a place where God is at work and where you are being taught the right things and that God's Spirit is putting those right things into your hearts and that they're taking root and growing and flourishing and impacting you and your children and your mates and your, your, your lives with great good. Um, Psalm 56 says, When I am anxious, I will trust in you. And in Psalm 94 it says, When my anxiety is great, your joy comforts me. Notice it doesn't say, If I get anxious. It says, When 
I am anxious. I take that to mean that the Bible is not so concerned about the problem of anxiety attacking us or me as the Bible's concerned with how I respond to that anxiety. Not, are you, is anxiety attacking you, Austin? Whether it is or isn't right now, that's not the question, that's not the big issue. The issue is, when it happens, how are you and I going to respond to it? And I would suggest to you that this is one of these issues where the Bible would challenge us to do the opposite of what many of us have chosen to do. Many of us have chosen to be lazy and passive with our anxiety. I just am lazy. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I am anxious. That's, that's, that's who I am, world I live in, family I live in. I just am anxious. And we choose to be lazy, to be passive, to just accept it, that that's, that's the way it is, that's the way I am. And we, 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 we fall into this place of addressing our anxiety with either being a victim, poor little me, or we choose sedation, or we choose distraction. And I would, I'm not anti-medicine. If I have a headache, I take aspirin. If I've got a, well, whatever something else. else. If I have something else, I take medicine for it. So I'm not anti-Walgreens, okay? So don't say that. But I will say this. Half the people in this room are taking medicine for anxiety. And probably the other half are addressing it with something you got at the liquor store. And again, I'm not, I'm not anti-medicine. Well, anyway, I'll just say that, that I'm not, I, 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 people I love aren't against the other stuff, so I, that's fine too. Um, uh, I will say to you that the Bible seems to suggest that we should do more than just accept it, just play the victim, just distract ourselves, or just sedate ourselves. Because at the end of the day, when those things end, the anxiety is still there. All you've done is put a cover over it. You haven't addressed it. And uh, I would just, I really felt like today, what we were supposed to talk about was just some of the tools, some of the weapons. God says that we are to fight anxiety. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Don't be passive. Don't be lazy. Fight your anxiety with the weapons that God has lovingly provided. And I wanted to just share, I'm sure there are more. I'm sure that many of you would go, oh, I've got some others that work great. God bless you. I have six that are very near and dear to me because I use these weapons in my own life 
every day. Every day I use these six to fight my battle with anxiety. And so I just wanted to share them with you. Um, I found these to be very effective, very helpful. Do they remove my anxiety? No. It comes knocking on my heart's door, my mind's door <laughs> later on. But when it comes, these six things really help me. And one of those uh, is um, just the reminder that God's Word gives me that anxiety is not helpful. It's, in fact, it's harmful. It's not something that I should just accept as a part of who I am. It is actually a harmful thing. Um, uh, David says in Psalm 37 that, my, that your anxiety only leads to evil. Now you think about that. That's not what I said. That's what God told David. Your anxiety only leads to evil. It doesn't move us in good direction. There are times that I can even try to convince myself that my anxiety, my worrying about you, is some kind of a sign of love. It's not a sign of love. It's not an expression of endearment. It doesn't mean that I'm fond of you. That is, that's not true. Jesus was never anxious and he loves me and he loves you more than anybody. It doesn't have to be who I am. I just, it's, for me, it's very important to recognize, to remind myself that my anxiety is not helpful. Jacob was so anxious about his encounter with his brother Esau. He was tossing and turning and couldn't sleep and was all stressed out and all full of anxiety. Oh my gosh, when I meet my brother Esau tomorrow, oh it's good. God had already taken care of that. Esau ran up to him, threw his big old red hairy arms around Jacob, picked him up off the ground and kissed him right on the cheek and said, Brother, I love you and I forgive you. Moses was all anxious about going down to Egypt and standing before Pharaoh and preaching these big sermons about let my people go and calling down the plagues and all this stuff. I can't do it. I can't do it. I need help. I need help. God had already sent Aaron. Aaron was already on the way. He was almost... My point is, these are... Just, oh, the Israelites, they were all... It says that they were all, all anxious and stressed and afraid and worried and they were hiding behind rocks and trees because this big giant was standing out in the middle of a little um, uh, open area defying the God of Israel and telling them to come out and fight like men. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This is terrible. This is terrible. What they didn't realize is that God had already sent a little boy named David who he had prepared to defeat that giant. Were those problems and dangers and issues real? Yes. We're not declaring we have no problems, we have no enemies, we have no struggles. No, no, no. They're real. But it's helped for me to be reminded God is very aware and God is at work and He's already provided the solutions to the things that I have found so anxious, anxiety creating. Um, the second one won't shock you. Um, 
I believe to a very large degree the reason we're one of the most anxious societies of all is because most of us, I would dare say dang near all of us, we continually fill our minds with things that build anxiety and we spend such little time filling our minds with things that build faith and trust. And we are shocked. We are shocked that we are filled with anxiety. Why am I so anxious? Why am I so nervous? Why am I so upset? Why am I so afraid? How much time did you spend watching CNN this week? Or Fox News? God help you. Or um, on... Um, all the things you watch, the uh, Facebook and the, oh. uh, the Twitter, and uh, not Twitter, but what's Insta Instagram watch. and all these things, and they're, they're showing you all these things. Uh, I'm not saying that we ought to live in a hole. God does not honor ignorance. And I'm not saying that we ought not be aware. That's not what I'm saying. I do think sheer amounts matter. How many minutes did I fill my life with today with things that create anxiety and fear? Impossible. De they design it that way. They want you to be anxious. They want you to be upset. They want you to be stressed. They want you to be mad. How many minutes today will I choose to spend focused on and allowing into my heart and my mind Things that create anxiety versus things that will create faith and trust in God. Focusing on God's promises, God's faithfulness, God's presence. Fear, the, uh, don't be anxious. Why? For I am with you. I quote Isaiah 41, 10 and 11 to myself multiple times every day. Don't be anxious. Why? Larry, because I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. I tell myself that over and over and over again. Paul said it in Philippians 4. We read that verse. Don't be anxious. Well, how can anybody not be anxious in our world? Hold on, let me make this thing work here. Yeah, he says, uh, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, talk to me, and I'll get to that in a minute, and then he says, focus your mind on what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. How much time each day do you and I spend on things that create anxiety? How much time do you and I spend on things that create trust and confidence in God? And talk about those things. Right. And talk about those talk things. Talk about those things that keep us anxious or talk about those things that keep us, uh, that are beautiful and wonderful and noble. Yes. To compare the amounts of time that we talk about each would be an interesting way to spend a day. Oh, that somebody would go to dinner with me or lunch with me or call me on the phone and say, I'd like to talk about a verse that I read in the Bible this morning that reminded me of my confidence being in God's faithfulness. That's not what people call about. That's not what people talk about at dinner. That's not what the people talk about at lunch. 
We talk about the things that we have filled our lives with. And it's things that consistently produce anxiety. Isaiah 43 says, Don't be anxious. Why? For I am your creator, and I redeemed you, and I have called you by name. You are mine. And I could give you many more verses that challenge us to focus and fill our hearts and minds with reminders that God is with us. God is committed to us. God is at work in us. God is faithful to us. God will not let us down. He will not desert us. He, he's committed to us. And on and on and on. <coughs> Third one is pray. You even think, well, yeah, I pray all the time. Do you really? Do I really? I find myself almost thinking that if I am worried about the two of you and anxious about the two of you and thinking about y'all and, and getting all in, that's almost like, that's almost prayer. That's not prayer. Who said that was prayer? That's not prayer. Thinking about somebody, especially thinking about their problems, is not prayer. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, give God, bring to God your supplications and petitions and your request and your things. Come and very intentionally pray. The, the word in uh, uh, Psalm 37 that I love so much, David goes on to say, says, um, uh, uh, trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and you will experience God's safety and abundance. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way into the Lord. And that word commit, such a great word, it means to take that which is heavy off of your shoulder and give it to someone else who is stronger. Like a farmer would roll a sack of grain off of his shoulder and roll it onto the back of a mule or the back of a wagon. That's what that word, give it to God. That's what it's talking about. God, I am anxious about Rainy. I'm anxious about my grandson. I'm anxious about our government. I'm anxious about um, um, uh, the, the, the situation in Ukraine. I'm anxious about the economy. Bully for you. Get in line. Who isn't? That's not the same thing as saying, God, right now I feel anxious. I give you that specific problem. I, as Peter says, I cast my cares upon you. I intentionally give you that which I am anxious about. So we were talking about this and came to the conclusion, for us at least, that we talk about these things, or I know I do. Talk no, we about, do. I'm guilty. Talk about these worse. things more than we actually pray for these things. And what we got to give reminder is God is not a bully. God is not a bully. God won't take from you what you don't willingly give him. He's not a person that reaches down and grabs you by the back of the head and says, I'm taking from you. The, what? No, no, no. God will only take from us what we offer him. So we w would like to practice that Yes. now um, and take a quiet moment.
And I'd like for, for you and for us, for us all, to consider something that causes us anxiety. Just one thing. One's enough. Yeah. Just something in your life that you battle with anxiety over. It could be huge to you. It could be any anxiety would be big. So what, what's big to you? Um, and um, let's take a quiet moment, if you, if you are comfortable, to bow your head. And let's use those words that Larry just said. You know, like, I've got this burden. Maybe it's my children. Maybe it's monetary. What, what a health issue, your yeah, marriage, yeah, yeah. Your, your parents, your kids. And I think about it, and I fret about it, and I carry it, and it's heavy, heavy, heavy. But I want to take that metaphor. I want to give it to you. Maybe use those words. Let's just do one. Or if you, if you want, you can do, you know, you can do several. Just, you, there's something powerful about doing what the Scripture says. Actually Rather doing than it. just hearing it. Mm, 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 I know, mm. I do. I write it down. Who That's cares? a great idea. Nodding doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. What helps is if I hear something that I've recognized, that's God. That's God's word. And I do it. I say, and so, go Will ahead. Will you bow this for just a quiet mm-hmm. minute, one minute or so? And give, give something, try to give something to God that you don't want on your back anymore. Lord, I'll just be, my, be the example. Lord, I am anxious for Alan right now. I love him. He's my friend. He's been a blessing to me. And he is hurting badly. I just roll his life, his pain, his uh, difficulties right now. I roll those things off of my shoulders. And I roll them onto your shoulders. And I roll the struggles by faith in his life off of his shoulders and onto your shoulders as well. Amen. Amen. Um, real quickly, because we've got to end. Another one that I, I find it very significant. Jesus says in Luke 12, don't be anxious. What are his two metaphors that he uses? Or examples, I don't know if the metaphors or not. Look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Wonder if that's by accident? No. You know what I, what the, I, and I'm telling you, these are, I didn't get these out of a book. Uh, well, God's Word, but I mean, I didn't find this in some kind of a self-help book. Um, I do this every day. I believe Jesus is saying, go outside, get, get up off the couch. Get away from your office. Get away from the kitchen. Go outside for a few minutes. And rather than looking down, look up. Look at the look at my creation. Did you see it yesterday with all those oh, diamonds so in the trees? Beautiful. We were walking oh. in Overland Park. It was so incredible. And there's something amazing about being reminded that God created this. He created this for no other reason than just because He likes us. 
and he gave this to us as a gift, as a blessing. He's in control of it. It runs exactly the way he wants it to. That helps me with my anxiety. So I get out into God's creation every day and I learn from it. I ponder that which God has created. Number five, real quickly. I found this verse and it really spoke to me. It really is true in my life. Proverbs chapter 12, Solomon says, Anxiety makes my heart heavy, but the kind words of a friend cheer it up. Do I? And I do. I have people in my life that when I get anxious, I call them. I want to hear them say, Larry, God has been faithful to you. In the past, he's going to be faithful to you today. Larry, you're making a bigger deal out of that than you need to. Don't be anxious. Maybe it's just, Larry, stop that. That's not bad. That's not bad counseling at times. Okay? Just stop that. You're, you're overreacting. You're worrying about things you don't need to. We need voices. We've got plenty of voices in our lives who are telling us we should be anxious. Oh, for a voice or two of people who will tell us, don't be anxious. You belong to a great God, and He's going to take care of you and help you, and it's going to be okay. I also find it very significant that in Psalm 37, God tells David, trust in the Lord, trust in me, and lean, uh, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then Jesus says in Luke 12, the very last thing he says down there, he says, um, he says, uh, uh, don't be anxious, little flock, for your father delights to give you his kingdom, so use your wealth to help the poor. What? I'm battling with anxiety. To Hades with the poor right now. No, that's the very thing. It is very significant to me that when I am in the midst of doing something for someone that's worse off than me, it's crazy how I, I when my eyes are off of me, my anxiety lessens and goes away. Well, let me ask you this question. If you think that's not true, who do you think's more anxious? A policeman? or the wife or the husband of a policeman? A soldier in the middle of a battle or the mate of a soldier? Do you see what I'm saying? It's it, when we're in the midst of investing and doing good and showing kindness and lifting the burdens off of others, there is a, it's powerful. Do something for somebody in need when you are the, I'm so anxious I can't even get up and go and do anything. That's the very time you need to get, find some way to get up and go do something. I have friends that when, I'm, when I start whining and complaining, oh, they'll go, nope, come on. Let's go do something good for somebody else. And it really does address my anxiety. I'm not suggesting today that it makes it all go away and that everything's happy and perfect and wonderful. That's not the truth. But I'm telling you that these are very, very useful tools that have helped me in my daily struggle with anxiety. 
Trust in the Lord and do good. Use your wealth to help the poor when we are the most anxious. Anything you want to add, friend? Um, okay, so when you guys know that my, uh, it's been a year ago, my dad died. And it was a long extended illness. And so as it progressed and progressed and got more and more, you know, closer to um, when he went to the hospital and eventually died, I found it was anxiety, but it was anxiety in the form of dread. Mm. Right? So mm. it was a dread. I felt this dread that I'd never felt before. Like I knew it was coming. It's coming. And so it was that, you know, it's anxiety, but it was this heavy dread. And um, I can't remember whether I just read it or someone said it to me or whether the Spirit of God just brought it to me. I don't remember how this phrase came to me. But somewhere, maybe a month or two or three or four before he died, um, God said to me through some vehicle, have you, you know, have you thrown that on me and ask me for mercy? And somewhere in that process, I started asking God for mercy. Mm. Not to heal my father because that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. That was not the way that was going to go. So it wasn't conditional. Um, but just have mercy on us. We're going to need your mercy. Have mercy on us. And that has become a practice in my life mm. since that time. It's a new practice. It's only a year old. But those are the words that God gave me when I was at a most anxious, mm -hmm. dreadful time to beg him for mercy. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. he brought us mercy, gave us mercy, even in that situation. Mm -hmm. So um, that's so good. That's that's a new practice for me. And I, I do it I, now. It's been a year. And now, though, when I feel anxiety over whatever, my first go-to, because I've practiced it, is I know you're a God full of mercy. Will you show me mercy? Especially and when you does. don't maybe know exactly what it is you want or need. Right. You just know, God, I need mercy. I need mercy. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, my father's that. going to die because he has a disease and people die of this disease. That's it. Mm. But mm. Will, you give, will you give us mercy through it? And, and he did. And our anxieties were lesser. You probably don't know this. Maybe you do. But in the Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which we're talking about a, a, a millions and millions and millions of Christians in Eastern Europe and going east from there, they're a part of Eastern, Eastern Orthodox Christianity. And they have a prayer that they pray almost every day. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. They pray it all the time. And, um, huh, hmm. maybe they maybe they've got, something, <laughs> got there. something that we, we uh, could learn from. Hmm. Thank you. Bless you. We do not have to be... free of anxiety to be strong believers in Jesus. Whew, I hope that's true. The Apostle Paul wasn't. And I think he was a strong believer in the Lord Jesus. But he did not let anxiety 
rule his life and rob his life and lessen his life. And I believe that God has lovingly provided weapons that we can use so that it's true of us as well. I'm not saying we don't sometimes need medicine. Uh, I'm not saying that. But, oh, that we would value the weapons that God has provided for us at least as much as the things that man has created for us to benefit from as well. Um, We're going to take the Lord's Supper. And um, tell you what, Rodney and Becky, would y'all come up here? I don't like this just sitting up here. Y'all come up here and stand right here and just hold it. I like that better where we're offering it rather than y'all just drive by like going through a Wendy's window or something. I I don't like that. Um, Thank you. And I want to ask if you will, um, when you, if, if and when you'd like to come up and, and celebrate the Lord's Supper with us, come to the center aisle. Don't come that way. Come this way and then go that way back, if you will. That way it keeps it from being quite so congested. Um, does anybody have anything this morning that you would like us as a church family to pray about for you? Maybe something that you have really been anxious about or some concern or need that we would love to pray for you. Maybe you just want to raise your hand and just acknowledge that you have something you want prayer for. You don't have to even say it if you don't want to. Okay. All right. Um, We take bread and wine each week and we eat and drink to declare publicly to ourselves and others that we have put our faith, our trust in the atonement of Christ on the cross to pay for our sins. But that's just the beginning. We, we feel that bread crushed between our teeth. We feel that wine going down our throats. And it's an experience. It's a moment where we experience in an intimate way the, the, the preciousness of Christ as a person in our lives. He's real. He's there. He's active. He cares. Maybe it's a declaration by eating and drinking that I need you. I need your mercy today. I need your mercy in a fresh way today. We come to the table for different reasons, different motivations, different needs. But the point is we come because we believe that there is one at the head of that table who has invited us and loves us and delights in us and is committed to our good. And so if you'd like to come and eat and drink, then you do so. Okay? Bless you.